0: Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag. Fourth and goal. A week where we saw the Vikings actually clutch up a win, a week where we saw the Saints finally get a win, and then a week where you know the Times finally don't lose to a bad team. NFL week 14 absolutely had it all. It's actually a really good week of football. A couple primetime overtime games with walk or um, maybe not primetime but a couple overtime games that ended with walk off touchdowns, and so of course. Those were freaking sweet. There's a lot going on, of course, for a lot of people. It's the last week of regular season for fantasy, and so obviously a lot of stakes are riding with that, myself included. And so, uh, what better way to talk about this week and every all the implications about than to just jump right in, ladies and gentlemen? But of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen. Uh, once again, another week where I will not be having co-host Alex on. Of course, there's um, he's going through some personal stuff, some family stuff. Obviously, I'm not going to divulge too much information about that just because it's its his. But just um, want to let you know, please keep him in your thoughts and prayers as you move forward. Lost uh, a little bit of turbulent time, uh, but he'll be back when he can. And I cannot wait to have him back on. But, of course, right before we hop into things, ladies and gentlemen, just want to point out a couple things going on in the fourth and long world. Of course, last week we dropped our interview with head boxing coach of Team Alpha Male, Coach Joey Rodriguez. Now, that was a really fun one. A lot of really good insight there. A lot of young guys coming out of Team Alpha Male. A lot of studs that you're going to have to watch out for. I mean, they had three fighters, a UFC 269 alone that pretty much should tell you all you need to know they're all in either the feature prelim spot or the main card these guys are studs you're going to want to check out that interview and then at least it was for charity so my pain didn't go to waste uh I lost the bet of course as you guys know I've been building up for a little bit now but I did the one chip challenge I actually have my little reward right here that i'm gonna show off of course every single show that i can't because i absolutely demolished that one chip challenge and on live stream uh, of course we did this uh, because i lost the bet to jalen then we ended up turning to a a charity drive for um Up to cancer and In total, because of you guys, we were able to make it the full hour without eating or drinking, which turned into $316 for um, cancer funding. Or, uh, I guess, definitely not funding the cancer funding, the research um, for the cure against cancer. So, that was all. I was going to say fun It absolutely wasn't it was really awful uh, but it was funny for everyone that was able to watch so of course if you weren't able to make the stream um, no big deal over on YouTube and Spotify since we have a video there you can go on and check out the stream highlights from that uh, it's mostly there's about 10 minutes on that were just me in making various noises from pain um, so that's a lot of fun obviously you're going to want to go ahead and check that out and last thing I promise. Before we get into the winners and losers of Week 14, of course, pre-orders of our fourth-long trucker hats started on Saturday, the 11th. Of course, they're still available. Uh, we got a Google form that uh, you can fill out. I'll try to. Link in the description of this show. It'll also, um, it's up on our channel. you can access the pre-orders by going to the fourth forward slash apparel truck rats at 30 bucks a piece. I was actually super thrilled with the quality of them. The stitching's great. Um, I really like the thread count of the logo and the orange um back in the gray front really stand out it's going to make you look great um coming up so super excited to release that go ahead check that one out but a couple things that we have looked to look forward to this week is uh obviously we got the winners and losers some teams are actually maybe playoff contenders again or maybe missing the playoffs entirely i'm gonna drop you my thoughts on the kansas city chiefs and Also show some love for the big boys up front. And then we're going to list uh, a real fun name of the week if you're a Broncos fan. And I got a little something in about the great, great Demarius Thomas. But folks, we're going to jump into things with the course R winners of NFL Week 14. And the first thing has to go to the New Orleans Saints because they were able to end their five-game losing streak. Of course, they uh, were one of the uh, main participants of No Win November. It's great to finally see them win. Sean Payton finally wins um, without Jameis Winston. And Taysom Hill has a good game. It helps that they're playing against the Jets. But they're able to snap that losing streak. And they're still just a game out of the playoffs in the NFC. So obviously, it's huge. They got some important games up coming up to cap off the season. So playoff hopes, playoff chances are still alive and well there. Then the winner, second winner of the week, goes to... The Indianapolis Colts because when you're able to make it into the playoffs, um, they're of course out and move up three spots of the playoff right to the sixth seed. And they didn't even play on Sunday. They're in their bye week. On their week off, they're able to get bumped up into the playoffs. What more can you ask for about that? Of course, they're bumped into the sixth seed with the Bengals losing. The Bengals drop out for now. And they have their last four games of the season are going to be against the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They should be able to make it into the playoffs if they finish two and two. Three and one would just about guarantee them the spot. And obviously they do have the ability to go three and one here. The Patriots is gonna be a very tough game. Cardinals is gonna be a very tough game. Raiders and Jags. Two a little easier games. Raiders easier than the Jaguars, of course. So two and two, definitely achievable. Um, three and one, it is in there. Um, they could effectively use that run game to, to try to beat up on the Patriots defense as best as possible. So that's going to be a really interesting one coming up this week. Super excited to watch that one go down. I, actually, that's my game of the week, the one that I'm most intrigued about. And so if you're the Colts, you're in the driver's seat, and you should be able to make the playoffs, and this is made possible while in your bye week. That's a huge congrats uh, to that team. And of course, a couple losers from this week. Number one goes to a guy that was fairly high. Uh, a lot of people were high on out of college. Maybe it was just because he went to Georgia, and Georgia's really good football team with or without him. But Jake Fromm is one of my losers from this week because he was on the Bills. Now he's on the Giants, promoted from the practice squad. And even though they were getting blown up by the LA Chargers, he still couldn't get playing time while backing up Mike Glennon. Now, I, that essentially tells you all you need to know about how his career has gone so far. This uh, in, uh, Over his young, was it, two, two seasons? Not great. If he can't even get playing time... When you're behind Mike Lennon, let alone in a blowout where Mike Lennon has been awful. Oh, I'm not really quite sure if that, that one bodes well. Just gonna be honest, man. Uh, Jake from New York. You know, it's, it's not looking good. Already looking like Josh Rosen. Hell, Josh Rosen has had more success really than Jake Fromm has. And that's um of course that's not really saying much. Loser number two of the week i know there's a lot of you out there people like i mentioned earlier that it was uh for most people it was the last week of the regular season for fantasy so obviously a lot of people are needing a big performance or at least needing a clutch performance to be able to make it into the playoffs or um, at least get better seating for the playoffs and a lot of those teams I guarantee you had Lamar Jackson starting as a quarterback, and a lot of those Vancey owners were heavily disappointed when Lamar Jackson scored just one point two points on Sunday before leaving with a ankle injury. Of course it's this- it probably was a death blow to thousands and thousands and thousands of teams across the country on Sunday. And so my heart goes out to you because I understand what it's like to have just pure disappointment at that time. And fantasy is just a unforgiving sport and a also sucks for the Ravens that Lamar Jackson is injured. Obviously, they they got some recovery to do there, and so that goes without saying. But most importantly, my thoughts go out to those fancy managers that had Lamar Jackson go out, and they miss the playoffs because of that. That's not the way you want your season to end. Uh, but have fun in the losers bracket, of course. Now, before we get moving to the next thing, of course, just want to shout out everything going on right now. Of course, find all of our stuff at dot com. had that one-chip challenge I just dropped where I demolished that some I um, We're having a lot of interviews come out. Of course, UC Talk has been great. And one more card left on the year, UC Talk 69, the nicest episode of MMA Talk that you can ever listen to comes out later this week on Thursday. So you're going to want to keep your eyes out. And of course, this Friday, another edition of card songs. Episode two comes out with Ray Rodriguez. It's going to be a great one for you beginners and hell, even you advanced uh, card traders. You can still learn a lot from this one as well. So excited to get that one out to you. But the next segment we're going to roll on into is our overreactions. Of course, um, with Alex here, we do a little bit of buy or sell action here. The way it works, I have three statements that I've put together from the week of football. And we're going to determine if they're actually an overreaction or if there's also maybe at least a little bit. Truth to these statements, and we're going to start things off in Buffalo with a statement number one is that the Buffalo Bills are going to miss the playoffs this season. Of course, they currently sit at the seventh seed with a seven and six record. Three other teams are tied with them at seven and six, with that being the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Browns. To wrap up the Bills season, they have games remaining against the Panthers, Patriots. Falcons and Jets so if you look at this that Patriots game is obviously the Patriots are going to be favored especially because they won the first matchup there um the weather obviously wasn't ideal um so depending on what the weather's going to be like in Foxborough that's my change of line and might change the um the expectations from the Bill's side of the football and even the Patriots side of the football that one, I'm super not sure, about. if I pick right now, I'm picking the Patriots that game. But against the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, I will. I am picking the Bills. Um, some of maybe may be hesitantly just because the Bills have been a really bad team to bet on in a lot of cases this season. I still can't forgive them for losing 9-6 to six to the Jags, but I'm still going to bet on them to win those three games nonetheless. So that could see them finishing at 10-7, and seven, and hell, if they beat the Patriots with it, they do have a chance to, they can finish the season 11, six, they'll be totally fine in the playoffs. But if you take a look at the three teams that are tied with the record that I mentioned are right behind them. Um, you have the Bengals who play against the Broncos, Ravens, chiefs, and Browns. You have the Broncos who play against the Bengals, Raiders, chargers, and chiefs. And then in the ninth spot, um, or in the tenth spot, excuse me, you have the Browns who are playing the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, and Bengals to round out the season. And honestly, I was trying to go through this, and I really see each of these three teams finishing all at 9 and 8. The Bengals maybe can make it to 10 and 7, because if you look, um, right now, they have uh, their last four games, the Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, I have them. If I had to pick today, they lose, or they beat the Broncos, lose to the Ravens, sorry, uh, beat the Broncos, they lose to the Ravens, beat the Chiefs, or um, lose to the Chiefs, and beat the Browns. So I'm saying Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. That's a win. That's a, um, a loss. That's a loss. And that's a win. So two and two the rest of the season, of course, that's nine and eight. Um, they do definitely have a chance against the Ravens, Browns, and Broncos. I don't see them competing with the chiefs right now, just because we're going to talk about them later, but the chiefs are a scary fricking team. Um, but I see them maybe 10 and seven at, at best, but probably nine and eight, the Broncos, I would say they lose to the Bengals, beat the Raiders, they could beat the Chargers again, and then probably lose to the Chiefs in the last game of the season. Of course, I'll get them two and two to round out the year. Nine and eight. Browns. They play the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. I see them beating the Raiders. I see them losing to the Packers, beating the Steelers, and then losing to the Bengals. Of course, two and two. Nine and eight. Uh, this is going to be like, in all likelihood, the Bills only make the playoffs by a game here. This is going to be a really tight playoff race, uh, with teams pretty much, you know, chosen who's going to make it in given strength of schedule or points. It's going to be super close. I'm super excited to see how these AFC playoff standings wrap up. It's going to be a hard fought for weeks and it really is up to grab for any one of these teams. Also the bills offense. Is eight in yards per game and six in points per game, Um and so they've. Even though those are still good numbers, they've been a little bit lackluster this year. But their defense has definitely been there right now. They're first in yards per game and third in points per game, and that's that's the one thing that's really going to get them into the playoffs. It's just a matter of if they're if their offense could put. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask for their offense to put 24 points a game with Josh Allen there with a good offensive line, improved run game, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I mean Beasley and their defense is still looking really solid. It's if their offense could put twenty four points a game, twenty seven points a game, they should be fine. They should be in the playoffs. So I'm gonna call this a overreaction, but man, they are They're right there on the verge of missing on the playoffs, and it's really going. The games are going to come with a heavy mouth pucker factor for those fans. Um, down the down the last stretch of the season. Statement number two is that following their win over the Ravens, the Browns are once again AFC contenders. Now, if you throw it back to preseason, there's everyone speaking super highly on. The uh, Cleveland Browns, a lot of people like them, a lot of NFL analysts, pundits, using people you see on the morning talk show. Some even had them going to the Super Bowl. Um, Some had them going to the AFC Championship game. Some had – a lot of them had them them winning the division. I didn't buy into the hype. I think they're – at this point, they're the most – from preseason to now, they're the most overrated team in the league. Bill's right there at second. Um of course, I. The, it sounds stupid, but the, really the main reason I didn't buy into the, all the hype is because it's the Cleveland Browns. They haven't been good for a while. They haven't been trustworthy for a while. And they had one good season. And I'm not willing to put a bunch of stock in them after one good season. Now we've seen regression from Baker and Mayfield even more. Their run games are really the only thing in, in helping them. Their defense has been good but inconsistent in times. They are actually the only team in the league that who is seven six or better that has a negative point differential. They're sitting at minus eleven. They're almost lucky to be in this situation. They're almost lucky to have a chance to, to make the playoffs and win the division right now. They're only a game behind the Ravens. But why a couple more positive I mean they're two and one over the last three games. Um they're they went one and one against the Ravens in the last two games. And they've Give it up 16 points per game over that three game span, which is solid. That's 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 all pretty much a lot I mean almost anyone in the league would take that unless you're the Broncos and also have awful um offense right there but they're Averaging only 15.7 points per game throughout that span. So they're averaging less points than they're um, giving up Obviously, it doesn't take a expert to realize now that's bad, and that's going to lose you games. And right now they're at bottom half of the league in points per game offensively, and they're 14th in the league in points per game defensively. These numbers don't line up. Their p- inconsistent play doesn't line up. Their quarterback skills doesn't line up. The Browns are right there, but I'm not buying them. I'm still not afraid of the Browns. I'm still not trusting the Browns, and let alone AFC Connectors. I'm not sure if i buy them as playoff contenders. So this statement is absolutely an overreaction as of now. Then the last statement of the week is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in the NFL. And before I get into this a little more, I will admit at the time I said it, it was absolutely correct. Um, back earlier in the season, I was saying that the uh, Bucks are the most overrated team in the league, and I was correct at that point because Tom Brady was having some interception interception problems. Their defense wasn't gaining sacks, which is why they were so good. Their defensive secondary was giving up long touchdown passes. Their uh, the run game wasn't producing. But now Tom Brady is once again leading in the league in passing yards and touchdowns. That's the MVP favor right now. Um, they're leading the league offensively in yards per game and, and points per game. Uh, and, I mean, we all knew about playoff Lenny, but regular season Lenny is becoming a huge thing now. Leonard Fournette has blown up over the last two or three weeks. Tom Brady's making great passes again. Yeah, Mike Evans catching great passes again. That's scary. <clears throat> That's scary right there. And The only problem is that their defense is still 14th in yards per game, 19th in points per game. So the only way they're really going to win games is through their offense. Um, of course, they are tied for the best record in the league at 10-3. and three. They're second in, in the NFC. They're tied with the Packers and the Cardinals. Um, and they also, to really set them over the top, they have the easiest remaining strength of schedule left this season, as they play the Saints, the Jets, and the Panthers twice. So it's they're pretty much, I mean, unless they blow it to the Saints again, they're they're virtually guaranteed three and one to end the season. And more than more likely than not, they're going to finish undefeated in the season and finish 14 and three, the first 14 um, could, they could very well be the first 14 and three team in NFL history. This is a really solid team. They are having the benefit of playing cupcake games the last little bit of the season and, you know, rest up some guys going into it. Um, actually they're probably not able to even have the ability to rest because, uh, that 1C is now more important than ever, as that's the only team that gets a buy. And I don't see that being wide enough open where they'd be able to afford to rest people. So that's going to be a tough one for them. But are they the best team in the league right now? No, I'm going to call this overreaction. I think, the, I think the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the league right now. The best the top three teams top four teams in the league right now are the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. The Bucks and Patriots are really close to me. Of course, the Bucks did win that game a little bit earlier in the season, but it was a very close game. It was nineteen seventeen. Um so a super well played game by both teams and the, the Bucs definitely had the better offense, but the Patriots absolutely had the better defense compared to the Bucs. So I think those teams are really comparable, but still I think the best team in the league right now is the Green Bay Packers. But at the same time, it's, it's pretty much impossible to tell who the best team in the league right now is because every team had their flaws. Every team There's a lot of teams with flaws. There's a lot of teams with really strong points. And I I just don't know what's which, man. I really don't. I really don't know what's which. Um, NFL makes no sense. Um, like you'll hear in, in our UFC um, in MMA show this week that MMA makes no sense right now. So neither of my two of my favorite sports. They just make zero sense. Absolutely. And it hurts. It hurts to think about. But as of right now, I will call this an overreaction on the Bucks being the best team in the league. Will they eventually be probably because they have freaking Tom Brady and Tom Brady's just never going to slow down. So that's what we're going to have to deal with the rest of our lives essentially. Now, of course, uh, before I move on to a couple of storylines here, um, please let me know your thoughts on that, uh, which statement you think is an overreaction, which one you think is actually on the money between the bills are, um, are going to miss the playoffs the Browns are AFC contenders again. And the Bucks are the best team in the in the NFL. Of course, you can drop your comments over on our socials at Fourth Long Radio on Twitter, at Fourth Long Radio on Instagram. Um, you can also leave a five star review over on Apple Podcasts, or also drop in the comments of the YouTube video, or also check us out on Rumble. Leave a comment there. Now, moving on into where we may be asking if the Bucks are the best team in the league. Let's talk the Chiefs and are the Chiefs once again the scariest team in the league. You could definitely make the argument because at one point where they're having a losing record, they're the worst team in the AFC West and everything was falling apart for them defensively. You know, they had the highest paid defense in the league. It wasn't doing jack for them. They have apparently the most talented quarterback in the league, one of the best offenses in the, in the league. That wasn't doing anything for them. And now they're 9 and 4 and they're on an Absolute tear right now, and it doesn't really look like there is a lot of teams that can stop them. And they're on a six game winning streak, they're leading the AFC West by a game. I'm ultimately, and it's hard because you can't really be like surprised about this, just because they're really freaking talented. They're sitting at the three seed right now between behind the Titans and the Patriots. And the funny thing is. Why they've been so scary over the last number of seasons is because it's been just about impossible to keep up with the offense. But the reason why they're actually scary this year is I'm I'm not as scared of their offense. Obviously, their offense is freaking frightening to play against. But I'm more scared of that defense because over the last three games they've given up nine points exactly nine points they have back-to-back games now with defensive touchdowns they've shot up to six in the league in points per game while they're they're pretty far near the bottom uh they've given up only 11 points per game since losing to titans seven weeks ago so in six games they've only given up an average of 11 points per game i don't think any team's gotten above 20 over that span they're pressuring the quarterback, they're forcing interceptions, forcing fumbles, and Tyron freaking Matthews has been absolutely everywhere on the – um, especially when it comes to game turnovers. And the scary thing is – so the defense scares me more, but it's hard to you, – be, you'd be you'd a hard person to say that the offense isn't – it's definitely better than where it was near the beginning of the season. It might be all the way back after they murdered the Raiders um, at home on Sunday, 48-9. to That wasn't great. Um, also, early, only a few weeks ago, they beat the Raiders 41-14. Um, so the Raiders haven't had a good time against the Chiefs this season now, have they? Oh, <laughs> Oh, you poor, poor Raider fans. Raider Nation is its hurting right now. The only thing that that did worry me is, um, of course, they were only able to put up 13 points on the Packers. That was a bit of a. Uh, That's the first snow game of the season, so I guess that could play into things. Diane's defense hasn't been great. The Chiefs only put up three points against them, they only put up 20 points against the Giants. And. The Cowboys defense isn't great. Um, they have two stars on the team in Diggs and Micah Parsons, who's probably um, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, sorry, DJ Watt. But they were only able to put up 19 against that defense. And the Cowboys defense normally gives them more than 19. That was a little bit disappointing. They put up only 22 points on the Broncos. The so Broncos do have one of the better defenses in the league. But the offense didn't do jack during that game. The Chiefs had plenty of opportunities on offense, and they really should have done more with the football there. So while their offense has definitely shown flashes, I am more scared about that defense. And it's really weird because if they win the Super Bowl this year, if they're able to come back from the dead and make it past the AFC Championship game into the Super Bowl and win, I think it's going to be because of their defense. Patrick Mahomes is still probably going to be Super Bowl MVP if they win it. Because it's Patrick Mahomes. But man. That. I'm not sure. They don't have the best defense in the league right now. But it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. And that's quite the surprise that we've seen. Especially from the offensive genius that that, um, Andy Reid is. It's almost a fresh take on the Chiefs. And. That's the reason why a lot of the people should be fearing them at this point. And now, before we get into the nay nay of the week, I want to talk about. I want to show the big boys up front some love because, I mean, I'm I I, I was going to say my I'm definitely biased towards the offensive line concerning that's why I played for 11 years of my life. Um, over um, half my life was playing offensive line. So that's definitely going to um, change my mind about them and warp my mind a little bit about them. And I think it's about time that we're going to drop some big boy love. Of course, on Wednesday the day, this show drops, I will also be sharing my top five over on our socials on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, all of that is linked at the fourth and But I want to talk about my favorite offensive line season so far. Um, the first one has, well, the first one, maybe not. It has to be. It's definitely one of them, though. If that, that's going to be Tristan Wirfs because he has 907 stamps this year. He's only given them one sack. And if you take a look at that, I mean, how else are you going to keep a 44-year-old healthy? How else are you going to keep your quarterback healthy? How else are you going to be uh, having your quarterback be the MVP, leading the lead MVP candidate of the season? He's... One of if he's definitely one of probably not the main reason he's a huge reason why Tom Brady Brady's MVP favorite at this point that's why he's lighting like up defensive right now that's why he's throwing crazy touchdown passes that's why he's throwing through so many yards is because he has the time to do so because his blind side is. Almost guaranteed to be secure because Tristan Worf came as a rookie last year. He freaking dominated defenses from the start. He's just carrying that momentum into the sophomore season, dominating defenses all season long. This guy is a freaking beast. He's a tank, and he has all the assets to be good for a long, long time in this league. That guy's a menace. Is it the defensive end? Is the edge rusher? Is a tackle going on stunts? Is a linebacker trying to blitz off the edge? Hell, maybe a quarterback or a safety? It's bad news. You're you're essentially guaranteed to get locked up. And that's the same thing to be said is rookie offensive tackle Rashawn Slater for the LA Chargers. And talk about a quarterback who's leading MVP because he's staying off the ground. uh, One of the big reasons for that. Another guy that's been staying off the ground and was pretty much untouched from the from uh, Rashawn Slater's side at the beginning of the season, um, like the first half of the season. It, it's Justin Herbert because he uh, Slater only has a few sacks on the season. He's pretty much give up. He, he almost never. He pretty much never um, gives up a pressure each game. He's staying pretty much penalty free. He's absolutely been one of the best rookies so far this year. If you're looking at offensive rookies, ranking the top rookies. Of course, you're going to have Mac Jones in there, Jamar Chase um, in there, Javante Williams, Najee Harris definitely going to be up there. Javante Williams is better than Najee Harris. I think Rashawn Slater has to be up there. He has to be in that list because this dude has been a freaking beast up front. And you love to have guys like that, man. Absolutely love to have that. And the last guy I'm going to talk about here is none other than one of my favorite players in the league right now and one of my favorite rookies in the league right now. Let's talk about Quinn Miners because this... Dude, talk about Suns Out, Guts Out, man. Of course, he took the media in NFL World by storm um, at the Senior Bowl last year because he was rolling around with that big old gut, definitely showing he had no shame about that, and I absolutely applaud him for doing so. He came from a pretty much unknown school. I mean, senior boards, the Senior Bowl is filled with those D1A schools, those Power 5 schools, some of the other D1 schools in there um, of the um, Conference of Fives and stuff like that. But he came from Whitewater, Wisconsin, D3 school. And he balled out of the Senior Bowl. His film is freaking amazing from college. And ever since he started, uh, he's been starting for the Broncos for a handful of weeks now, He's looked great. His pass blocking is fantastic. I love him on run blocking, whether it be those counters, whether it be those traps. Anytime he gets a pull and gets a momentum behind them, he's going to lay the hit. And he's going to make a great block. And what I love, he just kind of has like this it factor. What I love most about offensive linemen is that it's a nasty position to play. You got to be nasty. You got to be angry. You got to be a little bit ticked off and Definitely not right mentally to want to pull the play his position. You're going to want to come in and bully people each and every play of the game. And there's no better definition of a bully block than what we saw from him on Sunday night against the Chiefs when he uh, him um, he led block for a right back boon. Um, he pulled around and he just bullied guys. He... I think he got his hands on four people on that play. He drove a dude five yards back, got a secondary block, blocked a couple guys at the same time, finished with pancakes. He's finishing dudes into the ground. He's he's letting them know that he just whooped their ass, and that's what I love to see from players. In offense alignment. It's a hard position. It's the position that doesn't get a lot of love If you mess up you get hated on if you don't mess up you go unnoticed and it's all the quarterback or running backs um, Fault that you they're succeeding. It's one of the Positions with no with with all the hate none of the glory. So these guys deserve plenty of recognition I love what I've seen from him from them this year and I I just, uh, of course, I'm going to take another reason to talk about offensive linemen as much as possible, but I'm definitely going to do so. They're looking great, and, and I just love them. I don't know really what else to say besides I absolutely love what they're doing this season, and I can't wait to see what the rest of their careers have. Of course, there's a few other guys I want to talk about. Um, let me do three today, but, of course, hit me up on the socials and also drop your favorite offensive lineman so far this season in the comments, like I said, socials, YouTube comments, rumble comments, or the five-star review over on Apple podcasts. And one of the last things we're going to do, um, this. And so of course we're going to finish things up with the Nene of the week. And I want to talk a little bit about Demaris Thomas because it has to be done. Yeah, safe to say, uh, but the Nene of the week goes to, oh, man. So this this right up there was some of the biggest Nene's so far this season. We've talked about um, some fantasy guys. We've talked about having to go against Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, fantasy. We've talked about the Raiders draft class from a couple years ago just absolutely going down the drain. And would you know the Raiders actually make another appearance on the nene of the week this season. Of course, it's I hope you guys saw this. Um, of course I posted a video about this over on Twitter and Instagram, so go check that one out. um also on YouTube as well. I put it up everywhere because why not? Um But the, I guess they need a little extra motivation to win the to, to play the Chiefs this, this week. They get their pregame team huddle on the 25, but no, you start to see them move to the center of the field they start uh, celebrating and getting all uh, excited over on the logo, which of course it's might seem like a dumb thing to do. Definitely. very—it's a disrespectful act. Um, Shout out to my boys, Ryan Patreon supporter, Ryan Watson and Logan from high school. When uh, we uh, whooped that ass in high school um, against a playoff team on the road and posed on their logo. There's definitely disrespect involved in that one. Um, So the Raiders strike, get all crazy, man. And, What'd you know? The Raiders tried to be a little disrespectful, tried to go into the skin of the Chiefs, and then they go and fumble on the first play from scrimmage of the game and go on to lose 48-9. You can't act disrespectful. You can't act cocky when you lose 48-9. That just ain't it. And obviously, the Raiders, you reap what you sow my guys and you reaped hard and <laughs> the chiefs made you pay for that. That that's for sure. Um, but congrats on the Raiders for being multi-time name of the week award recipients this season. You guys are doing great. And your season's definitely evident of that. Uh, shout out to Blake Fresno Raider fan and, um, MMA correspondent. He's going to love to, when it, when he hears this, and I definitely them hear it on Sunday because you have to, but before I wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, we had a massive tragedy take place on Thursday of um, last week. And that was when news broke that Demarius Thomas, uh, one of the greatest receivers of the 2010 decade, um, maybe one of the more underrated guys uh, in, in his position, one of Art, hell, he might even be the best receiver to ever play in Denver. Uh, he was found. Uh, of course, he sees his home. Um, tragic circumstances. And obviously, it hit the NFL world hard. And uh, it sucked, man. That It, it really sucked. Uh, especially as a longtime Dyer Bronco fan is, is myself. I mean... I'm only 22, so in that 2000s decade, I I grew up on Demarius Thomas. I was like what 10, um, preteen, growing up with Demarius Thomas. He absolutely grew my love for the Denver Broncos. If I wasn't loving them a lot already, he made me love them that much more because this he wasn't only a absolutely gifted athlete. He wasn't only a talented player a great teammate a great locker room presence he was just a great person um of course i say that from his outsider obviously didn't know him one thing i do like though is that i did get to see him after the first time i ever went to broncos game in denver he signed uh, my broncos film head and so i'll always have that one um he man he's just a really good player man i just want to drop my thoughts uh because he's he was special and he's definitely going to be missed. Of course, I mean, Kopayman Kopayman's 509th touchdown pass um front pylon on the right side of the field on the home side against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. They played a little keep away between him and uh Wes Walker trying to uh, keep away from Payton. That was awesome. Um Yeah, it He's going to be missed, man. The Broncos did a great way. They they honored him real well. Um, you know, putting his number on the field, the decals. It was cool seeing former teammates, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Matt Prater. Matt Prater played with uh, with Damaris Thomas in Denver. Um, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Um, they wore ADA on their helmet. And that memorial front of the stadium was very well done. And I... Man, it, things really happen in mysterious ways, and one of the coolest things that happened from this season and in this game, of course, they played amazingly. They, their offense looked like it didn't look like it did when they had Damaris Thomas playing there. And the coolest part is that the Broncos' last drive of the game went for a touchdown, and would you believe it? It was an 88-yard touchdown drive. Man, I get goosebumps just from talking about that. And, that's some of the coolest stuff, man. Um, the world works in, in mysterious ways. And apparently, uh, I don't know what else to say, man. It was just, he's going to be missed. I absolutely adore him as a fan. And of course gone way too soon. And I, uh, thoughts out to his family, uh, of course. And I hope everything goes well there. Um, and uh, of course, we'd love to hear your guys' stories. He's posting a lot about Demaris Thomas as well as the rest of the NFL world was on um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we're going to keep posting about him. Never let his spirit die. And, uh, you know, man, rest in peace, Mary's Thomas. But, that main things forget to, uh, to get a little down here, a little sad here, but, uh, Let's, uh, of course, let's not focus on the loss of Damaris Thomas to celebrate the amazing career he had and the, all of the lives that he impacted. Uh, and just, man, he's a freaking hell of an athlete and a hell of a personality and hell of a person. And let's just keep watching his highlights. Keep popping those up because they're never going to get old, uh, especially 80 yards in the playoffs. First play of the game Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas on crossing route to the to the right side of the field took it all the way. So and we're not going to talk about what happened after that week um, in the playoffs. Absolutely not. That game just doesn't exist. But that was one hell of a moment in time right there. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap things up on our NFL Week 14 Breakdown. Of course, we took a look at some of the scariest teams in the league, some of the teams that got lucky as hell. And I still feel bad for all of you Lamar Jackson fantasy managers. Of course, you can find all of our stuff over at TheFourthAlong.com. We are on YouTube. We are on uh, Rumble, Spotify with the videos as well, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts and Man, it's just a hell of a time. Of course, go check out the interview with Coach Joey Rodriguez. A lot of great stuff coming out from Team Alpha Male. And make sure to go on to YouTube. And if you didn't catch the stream, watch me conquer the one chip challenge, but also suffer tremendously at the same time. Um, Pre order hats, of course, that's still going on. You can find that at theforthandlong.com forward slash Get these bad boy, tra- get these badass tracker hats, man. They're fantastic. They're going to make your head look great. But uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a hell of a NFL Week 15. Catch all of our stuff, and we will see all of you next week.